Wow, that was the most amazing two minute segue I have ever done in my entire freaking life. Like that was not even planned, you guys. I was just like, okay, we're gonna pick a song. I have a subscription to this music from, what's an epi epidemic sound? And I'm like, ooh, I like that song. We gonna play it, we gonna play it. Wasn't that the coolest? It's called Midnight Grooves by S-I-N-Y, S-I-N-Y. Okay, boys and girls, mamas and papas, this is the Crypto Queen Show. Good everything, everyone, whatever time of day it is for you. I am Little Scribe. This is the Crypto Queen Show, episode seven, mainstreaming all things crypto all the time for the masses. Today, we'll be discussing scams and misnomers. Scams and shams and misnomers in the crypto universe. And I have two other fun little things I'm doing today. Number one, I'm gonna be unboxing a 3D printed gift from DDR Free. Yes, you heard me right. And if he's not here, it is only because his power went out. He just texted me like a little while ago. He's like, oh my gosh, my power just went out. I'm going to try and get on. Okay. I don't know how he did that. If he didn't have power, probably he did that on his phone. I know. Good to see you, everybody. Ashby, Blue Robo, Kwa. Thanks for showing, even though you're finishing up at your nephew's birthday. You are such a family guy. Or are you? The Hive, good to see you as per the huge. Okay, so in my hands, you guys, if you want to see what I'm doing, you can find me on Vim. That's a Vim TV, a little scribe. Hold on, got to spell it right. It's hard to spell and talk at the same time. I'm sorry. Little scribe at Vim TV, it should be showing up like, I'm pretty sure it's showing up. It should be showing up. If it's not, just, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I think it's there. I labeled it wrong. It says test driving my first Vim broadcast. I'm not test driving my first Vim. It's like my fourth Vim broadcast. Anyways, you can find me there. I will be unboxing on the Vim. Also, <clears throat> also, for those of you on my Facebook page right now, those of y'all Facebook pagers, I am, um, I'm, 
I'm on my chats. I'm over in the Discord. I will try and check you on Facebook as well, just to make sure. Um, hang on, I didn't pull that up. Just one moment, please. So you guys can catch me on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Vim. My little Discord crowd, you guys can check me on Vim. I don't need you on my Facebook because that's weird. That would be weird. <laughs> that's like showing someone your underwear drawer. Hey, you guys want to see my underwear? Actually, you guys don't think that would be very weird. So I take that back. Okay. Where's we going? I'm just making sure we don't have any missed comments. Okay. Okay, you guys. All right. First things first, we're going to open the box from DDR. That's um, DDR Freak for those of you. Next, any of you in the crowd, um, make sure you go invite your friends because we're going to do a little giveaway. We're going to do a little giveaway. Okay, I have a crazy kind of fun giveaway today. It is a little bit random. It's a little bit random. Hey there, Ganja. Hey there, George. Okay, you guys, if you're looking at my screen right now, I have a really cool giveaway. Look at what it says on the front. Look at what it says. It says Steam Monsters. It does not say Splinterlands. I have a few of them. I have a couple of these in my closet that I saved from like, a year and a half ago when I was doing promos for Agrode. I did some promos. I did like YouTube and I did some Comic-Con with Jarvie and we, we fully like ran around wild giving out the shirts and like, it was so much fun. And okay, so I actually had some extras that Agrode was like, yeah, totes, you can keep them. So this is from like a year ago when they were still referred to as the Steam Monsters. This is an XL, it's a size XL and this might give away today. So if you are a monster fan or if you are a Splinterlands fan, that shirt is yours. I will send it to you. I will. I will send it to you wherever you live. You guys, I haven't figured out the contest yet. I'm either going to do a quiz at the end of my show, which is the most likely option, or I'm going to just do like, I don't know what, something, something. I'll probably just do a quiz. Oh, <laughs> Blue Robo, you're the winner. <laughs> Blue Robo says, nice try. I'm not giving you my address. <laughs> he knows I've been trying to get his address. He knows. I've been like, who are you, Blue? Who are you? I totally did not see that one coming. Actually, I did see that one coming. I did see that one coming. Like, it is so funny. He makes me laugh so hard. Like, sometimes he says these jokes, and I'm like, I saw that one coming. I totally set myself up for that. That was a sandbag on my myself. Like, usually you want to sandbag somebody else, but I totally, whenever I talk to him, I always sandbag myself. Okay. You guys, I am so excited. Hey, guilty parties. Hello, everybody. We're, we're going to do my unboxing right now. Like, Okay, so when DDR, he's like, did you get your package yet? And I'm like, I did. And so he's like, did you open it yet? I'm like, no, I'm doing it on my show today. But then he says, well, did you at least open the envelope? Because, and I said, no, I did not. I'm doing the whole thing start to finish. But guess what? I'm opening the envelope right now with my actual scissors. Actual scissors. I am not revealing his address because that's personal. But if you order something from him you'll probably get his address. Okay, you guys, look at this box. Look at that box. He printed it. It is a printed, a digitally printed box with that resin material. Oh my gosh, look what that is. Can you guys see that? Oh my gosh, look at this, look at that. Look at what he made me. That is a hive ring, he designed it himself. I wish he could be here. He said his power went out. So. DDR, I am recording this, okay? So I am recording the video. Make sure I got the video going. I do. Okay, so DDR, I am recording the video of this. And so you can see it go on my finger. I don't know which one we're going to put it on. Oh my gosh. I just got married to Hive. Look at that. It fits my wedding finger. I just got I just got married to Hive. Look at that. You guys. Uh, it's so I love it so much. Okay, I'll give you a close-up. See? Here, let me get on my camera so I can see it too. I don't know if like putting my hand behind it helps. 
look at the detail. And then so on the front is the little Hive logo. And then on the sides is that little like, what is it? Hexagon. See that? The hexagon. It's so cute. It's a golden yellow. Right now he's experimenting with paints to see if he can get like a really shimmery shiny. So this one's a gold color. I could probably go spray paint that myself. He just didn't want to do it because he hasn't experimented with them yet. And he wanted to get me the ring, which why he didn't make mine super shiny. Okay. Take a picture for Instagram. How do I do that? <laughs> Gotta go check, catch him on Vim. Where are you? Oh gosh, I was not checking. It's a work in progress. It is not, guys. This is a final. Where is beautiful? So if you guys want to order a ring, I think he's finding a way to make them super shiny because because the um the resin that he uses, it's a I guess it's a stronger resin. He actually like bought a new printer. It's a three day printer. He printed my ring. That's amazing. Thank you, DDR. I love it. It is an exactly perfect fit. I'm going to wear it every single day and people are going to be like, oh, I like your wedding ring. Who are you married, married to? And I'll be like, I'm married to Hive. Uh. <laughs> oh, it was my birthday gift. Oh, he got the printer. It's a birthday gift to himself. I was sitting there. He was like drooling over the printer and he's like, I want it so bad. And then he came back the next day and he's like, my wife says I can get one. <laughs> Your wife is amazing. She is such a good, I knew, I mean, I know you didn't need her permission, but it's nice that you considered her opinion. I do think that's nice. Dude on the web. We just did, dude on the web. We just did an unboxing. I seriously love it. It is so cute. It's a 3D printed box that hot, or that DDR made for me with his 3D printer. And then, and he's like got these little hinges and everything. Look at, oh my gosh, you guys, he's a 3D inventor. And then he has like the little tissue paper inside and in the box. That is so hilarious. I love it. Okay, moving on, you guys, moving on. Love the ring. If you want to get a ring printed, I don't know how much he's charging for it. So if you want to go see, go hop on Vim for the chats and he'll tell you or he'll drop it somewhere. I don't know. Okay. That is, I will type his name, DDR Freak. And then ask him why he's called the DDR Freak, because that's another fun story. All right, next up, you guys, just so you know, I'm doing a giveaway today. So if you want to see what the giveaway is, it is this beautiful t-shirt. It is super, I don't know the word for it. It's not like, um... It's the archaic version of Splinterlands, you guys. This is a an original Steam Monsters t-shirt. I'm not even joking. It's the Steam Monsters. And these are going to be a collect. These are a collector's item. They do not make them anymore. And I only have a few. So I'm giving one away. It's an, it's an extra large. And I will send it to you. It's secondhand and has boob imprints. What does? But this is not secondhand. I have never worn this. This shirt is, I, I am not an XL. I'm a like large or a medium. This does not have boob imprints. It's not secondhand. They are brand new. I have like four of them that I have not used. But even if it was secondhand, you know what? If it was secondhand, it would be even more valuable because you get little scribe sweat on that thing. Okay? Boob imprints. <laughs> Guys, uh, put those little naughty thoughts away. Okay. So, Tuesday Daisy. Today, we're going to talk about, we have, okay, we got the first order of business out of the way. That was the unboxing of the 3D printed item from Dark Duty Heartbreak. I did show you my giveaway, and I'm just going to, for the giveaway, I'm probably just going to do a little quiz or something. God, vintage. Thank you, Blue Robo. Vintage was the word I was looking for. Vintage. I couldn't remember the word. And, okay, second order of business, you guys. Here's the thing. Okay. So I have like two things that we're going to talk about, mainly one thing that we're going to talk about, but it covers two things. 
So we wanted to talk today, <clears throat> excuse me. We wanted to talk today about cryptocurrency scams and shams and then cryptocurrency misnomers. Now, I picked the most, probably most famous misnomer for cryptocurrency. And that is going to be, and it's not even a cryptocurrency as much as it is cryptocurrency related misnomer, okay? That's the Silk Road, the Ross Albright story. And we're not getting into the story. I'm not getting into the story. I will give you some basic details. Maybe I'll play a little video. We'll watch it. If you want to go hop on Vim, I'm playing like a four minute video. Okay. It's a good video. You will enjoy it. It's going to be worth the watch. Um, and it's, it's actually, um, here it's going to, I'm anyways, I'm going to show it in a second. Ross Albright was sentenced to 30 years to life for seven counts of, th of things. <laughs> seven counts of things. <laughs> the things he would count, he was counted for. He, they originally did not even charge him. They just arrested him. They arrested him and they're like, you're going to jail and then you're going to hell. And then like later they came back and like convicted him of stuff that he wasn't even charged. They just like convicted him apparently. So some of the things he was convicted for. Some of the things he was convicted for, he actually did do, like personally did. Some of the things he was convicted for, he didn't do, but the, the like the Silk Road did and or the advertising of the Silk Road or things that other people did on the Silk Road. So just so you know, he was like held responsible for things he did do and held responsible for things he didn't do. Because how I understand it, and you guys probably know 10 million times than I do, but how I understand it is... Um, he did attempt, he did, um, commit conspiracy to commit murder because he wanted to, <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. That was not a laugh. He was trying to kill the person who was investigating. He was trying to kill like the FBI agent and the intel, like the informant that was trying to investigate him because he was under, he was like anonymous. He went by a couple of different names and the one that he finally settled on was the print, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Do you guys know where the Dread Pirate Roberts is from? Do you guys know who that is? Anybody know? Ooh, whoever guesses first gets my giveaway, Dread Pirate Roberts. Whoever guesses where the Dread Pirate Roberts is originally from, as far as my, as far as my knowledge, <laughs> gets my giveaway. You guys aren't commenting. The last thing you commented was on boobs. I need the comments on the other things. Okay, whoever guesses Dread Pirate Roberts gets my giveaway. You don't want my giveaway. You don't want my giveaway. That's what it is. Nobody wants to give me their address. <laughs> okay, whatever. Whatever. Moving on. Okay, so he was convicted of all these things. Um, drug trafficking, he actually did himself. He was a drug dealer on his own Silk Road. The money laundering, I don't understand what that was. Probably just converting it into a business and then converting it into Bitcoin, probably. Computer hacking, I don't know why he was guilty of that. I don't know if, he, I don't think he did any computer hacking. I know the FBI did computer hacking and they weren't convicted or gone to jail for that. I do know that. Um, okay, conspiracy to traffic fraudulent identity documents. Um, he was convicted of this not because he, uh, hold on. I don't know this one for sure, but I don't think he ever actually trafficked fraudulent identity documents, like fake IDs. He conspired to traffic them, be, not because they were on his Silk Road either. Because he, oh, that's like, that would be like eBay getting, <laughs> Qua, you got it. That, that would be like eBay getting in trouble for someone getting out and selling fake IDs and they didn't know about it. Okay, so but what happened was that he was advertising he was advertising these products and services for the all the different things on the dark web. And that's what he got in trouble for. And so that's why he got conspiracy to traffic fake IDs. Okay, so he's in there, he's in prison, and there's like this whole whole blue. And I know it's like this, that, the other. But here's what's achieved. So I'm gonna play the video. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about how. How Bitcoin, because that was the cryptocurrency of choice at the time, how Bitcoin got a bad rap. It got a bad rap because of the Silk Road. 
And I don't think Silk Road's bad necessarily, although it is like mostly like 99% of everything is on there is like, like murder for hire, kids trafficking, you know, all the things, but some of it's not so bad. But yeah, the Silk Road gave cryptocurrency a bad name, whether, whether it's bad or not, it's just the whole debacle around it gave Bitcoin a bad name. So anytime anyone's like, oh my gosh, you do, you do cryptocurrency. Isn't that for like criminals? I'm like, sure. So it's money. You ever, you ever seen fiat be used by only good people? Okay. Good people have money. Bad people have money. How am I going to know you're good or bad if you don't have any money, honey? I know. I know. Okay. So here, let's play the clip. If you guys want to go watch it, it's going to be on Vim. Um, a lamb. I was mandated to close. The FBI today shut down what it's calling the most sophisticated internet site in the business of selling hard drugs, including heroin, cocaine, and LSD. Ross Ulbricht went on trial today. The jury will decide a case that could impact the future of internet privacy. They called it an uncharged crime. Well, if something's a crime, don't you charge someone for it? And if it's not a crime, why is it there? We were in the courtroom, and we saw the uh, appalling um, obstruction of justice. This was the trial that didn't happen. The deep web is not a place. It's like looking under the hood of the internet. The deep web became inhabited by people of all types who wanted to use this terrain for privacy. Hundreds of thousands of users use the impossible to trace website which sells drugs, forged documents, and even hitmen. It's called the Silk Road. It generated roughly $1.2 billion in sales. February 5th, 2012, the Silk Road administrator made an announcement. Drum roll, please. My new name is Dread Pirate Roberts. This Dread Pirate Roberts, or DPR, was generally assumed to be the creator and owner of the site. I guess I shouldn't generally say this kind of thing, but I really liked the Dread Pirate Roberts that I interviewed. I thought he was, you know, uh, a really super interesting guy with a really coherent philosophy. What we're doing isn't about scoring drugs or sticking it to the man. It's about standing up for our rights as human beings and refusing to submit when we've done no wrong. The secretive Dread Pirate Roberts was arrested in the most unlikely of places, this local public library in this San Francisco neighborhood. Uh, all the drugs you could buy on the site, you, 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 it's not the same exciting as, as catching the guy. It's an adrenaline rush. FBI agent Tarbell and his cyber crime team had somehow located the Silk Road servers in Germany and Iceland. How these hidden servers were found has been a matter of controversy. It does raise these issues of can the government use essentially hacking techniques to dig up evidence on a criminal suspect? And if so, what kinds of warrant do they need? When the criminal complaint first appeared, it describes this 29-year-old kid named Ross Ulbricht. Not only do they say that he has run this billion-dollar-plus black market conspiracy, but then also there is outlined his plot to pay for the murders of a potential informant and a blackmailer. The clean-cut entrepreneur was living a secret life as a digital drug lord. Ulbricht tried to execute a murder for hire, offering $150,000 to a would-be hitman. What are you going to do over the next 20 years? I want to have had a substantial positive impact on the future of humanity by that time. It threw me for a loop. It was really not the Dread Pirate Roberts that I had ever imagined. Plenty of evidence suggests that he was involved in the Silk Road. They, after all, seized his laptop while he was logged in to the Silk Road. He was caught red-handed. But these two personalities, these two personas, do seem to be uh, almost schizophrenic. It's so difficult to imagine that they are the same person. Then when the indictment finally came out, there were suddenly no charges around these murder-for-hire accusations. It seemed like this bait-and-switch that the government had accused him in this almost informal way of murder, so that when he was charged with these nonviolent crimes in the end, he would still be seen as a violent criminal. 
The trial of Silk Road mastermind Ross Ulbricht concluded when the jury found him guilty on seven different counts. Ulbricht faces a minimum of 30 years behind bars, but his defense plans to appeal this decision. Is that a fair trial? No, I don't think so. How's Ross through all of this? He's an amazing guy. You know, he's handling this so much better than I would have. And uh, we pray that uh, his spirit won't be crushed by this. I've been saying, I always called him Russ Albright. I don't know. They were pronouncing it Albright. Either way, you guys. Either way. Okay, let me go back and see if I can scan your little comments. Your sound is out. My sound is out. Ah, okay. Let me try one more time. Can you guys hear me now? <laughs> maybe it's because that video was going. Maybe my computer is just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Okay, so next time, could you guys hear the video that I was playing? <clears throat> it was playing. I know the video was playing. Well, anyway, okay, thanks for hanging in there, you guys. Thank you, thank you. So here's the thing is I'm not going to really debate. Hey, Ashby. <laughs> I'm not really going to debate too much about like the whole Albright thing because that can go. There's so many like gray areas. We consider him a hero. We consider him a hero in so many ways because he wanted to like make it so that you're free to do what you want as long as you're not hurting anyone and everyone should be able to do their own thing. He was a t like total anarchist, like true. Um, yeah, you're right, Blue. I think it does. And then there's the whole thing of, well, there were things he did do that could have actually been detrimental to others. And then there was the whole thing with the FBI, like, could, sh did they break the 14th Amendment? Was it a rifle search and seizure? Was there a probable cause? Like, did they have a warrant? All the things leading up, and then he was he charged, and what was he charged for? And what was, the jurors, it took them, like, three hours before they convicted him. Like, it was, like, really weird. I don't know. So, the poor guy, I feel bad for him. Um, I don't feel real sorry though for people who make it super easy for like child sex trafficking i don't know on the on the other hand okay he did forge some he forged some pathways for a lot of people to do things they ordinarily wouldn't be able to do good things too business things things that maybe you want to maybe you want to trade and like bitcoin became kind of a thing because of the silk road like it wasn't just the bad stuff so now we know a little bit more about Bitcoin and it's got like this bad rap, but now it's becoming obviously 10 years later or so, well, 10 years later, it's becoming a big deal. And so now we have things like, <clears throat> now we have things like what happened this week. And I think it's actually twice now in one week. You guys, have you heard of this one yet? It was, uh, it was Elon Musk. And someone was trying to impersonate him on Twitter, which they always do. They always like will impersonate Elon Musk. And they also will try to impersonate um, Ethereum's guy. What's this guy? What's his name? You guys know his name. Uh, Vitalik, right? Vitalik. Thank you, Kwan. Okay, so people are always impersonating those guys on Twitter. And they're always like, dude, what's up, Twitter? Like, quit doing this. Um, people are impersonating Trump. People are impersonating all of these important figureheads. What's interesting is that here's what the, here's why I think it's funny. Okay, so this scam I'm about to, talk to, to, about to talk about is not so much a cryptocurrency scam as it is just a social media scam using cryptocurrency as the bait. And it was the scam where, and let me pull the link because I have it. Where do I have it? There it is. Okay, let's get out of that. Um, if you wanted to watch, you guys, I'm going to put the link of that video that we would just watched. I thought it was a pretty good little summary. It was a little bit of both. A little bit of both sides. Okay. And then, um, where is that? Oh, here it is. I'm, I really liked this story. I mean... 
I liked this one the best. There's a lot of stories out there right now. This one is the best. Fake Elon Musk accounts on Twitter pr promote Bitcoin scams and one collects $170,000. So what he did, what they did is they impersonated, you guys probably heard about this. What happened was that, um, that Elon Musk, someone came and impersonated his account. So they changed it to look like they were him and they changed the name in the photo so it looked like it was him. And then what they did is they went on the comment section of his own feed and would talk like they were him on his feed. And then they enter this, oh, guess what? We're going to do a giveaway. Um, and it's going to be like, it's like, I'm giving 10,000 Bitcoin away or I'm giving 5,000 Bitcoin away. And they made like this fancy thing. If you guys look at my screen right now, there's this beautiful announcement. It's live Bitcoin Elon Musk. Like it's really well designed, although he does have his scruff. I've never been a fan. Like he either needs to grow it out a little more or shave it off. It looks like he's 12 when he does it. Um, so 5,000 Bitcoin giveaway. Uh, <clears throat> and so what they said was, okay, I'm going to give away 5,000 Bitcoin. And when I read that the first time, I was like, what? Nobody get, nobody even has 5,000. If he has 5,000 Bitcoin, that's seriously like $97 billion. I know he's rich and everything, but last I checked, most of his assets were tied up in like cars and space. I'm pr I know he's got Bitcoin, but $97 billion of Bitcoin? I don't know billion dollars I don't think so but and, and plus is he really giving that much away so here's what was hilarious about it and not so hilarious it's sad but all these people are like oh my gosh so he says if you give me one bitcoin I will give you two bitcoins back first of all what how much sense does that make what's the purpose of that second of all um did anybody ever like anybody who owns Bitcoin know that one single Bitcoin is like a lot of money? And so for someone who owns Bitcoin to think that someone else owns 5000 Bitcoin and that they're going to give it all away I, to me, I'm like, OK, you guys, you own Bitcoin, which means you might be slightly more educated than the rest of the people I've ever met. Like if you own Bitcoin, you probably did something educated to get that Bitcoin. It also means you probably know what it's worth, which means you probably could feasibly, feasibly do the math on what 5,000 Bitcoin equals, which means you could feasibly understand that that was like hypothetically not a realistic amount to give away. But nevertheless, people fell for it and they're like, yay, I'm gonna give you my Bitcoin. And some people gave away like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Bitcoin, like single people, single people. And then, of course, no, they're not going to give it. They're not giving it double back. So somebody just ran off with all their Bitcoin. And that's the sad part. That makes me so sad, like, for them. Because, <clears throat> you know, Elon's kind of cray-cray. And we all, we're all like, oh, well, he's just a crazy guy. He does crazy things. Like, give away 10,000 Bitcoin. Or, no, 10,000. 10,000 Bitcoin. Anyways, I'm probably kind of yelling. Sorry, I will turn down my volume. I tend to, I tend to get loud. I don't want a hot mic. Please hold. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's a little better. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, <clears throat> that was the dead giveaway on me. It was, just 90, it was 94 billion. Anyone who owns Bitcoin should have done the math. I'm not blaming the victims, but I am saying those are kind of dumb scams. Um, Let's see what else. Okay, so Musk is not the only high-profile Twitter user to be targeted. There's a Vitalik Buterin. Buterin. The founder of Ethereum, and um, <clears throat> as well as cryptocurrency advocate John McAfee. Okay, so cryptocurrency scams in general. Here's the thing, you guys. That one is like a really obvious scam. Like to me, I'm like, oh, that's a scam. We're not. We're not. That's like when you get an email from someone in Nigeria, and they're like, oh my gosh, I just discovered that you're the rightful inheritant or an rifle heir <laughs> the rifle inheritant blue robo do not make fun of me <clears throat> the rifle heir of 50 million dollars okay hold on ddr you are writing me something and i'm not reading it 
You're saying every $100 bill in circulation has traces of cocaine on it. Does that mean everyone who holds $100 bills also? Yes, it does, DDR. It means that I am a cocaine possessor. I Sorry, I did not read that. I just noticed something that first screenshot that someone's professional account that got hacked. Ouch. And then Cap Gemini is an IT contractor firm. You can hire developers, spy admins, and any sort of IT professional you want. I've worked with Cap Gemini. Oh, interesting. I don't know how that's relevant, but if that's the one that did the hacking, I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, DDR. Sorry, I didn't catch your comments. I should have checked sooner. I'm sorry. Okay, so where's my money? <laughs> Okay, you guys, so that's what was, oh, hey, Damon. Uh, we were just talking about the scam, the Bitcoin scam that just that just occurred with the Elon Musk on Twitter. We were just talking about how we're pretty sure that when someone says, I'm going to give away 10,000 Bitcoin or 5,000 Bitcoin, um, we're going to do math on that. And we're going to go, wow, you're giving away $94 billion. That's preposterous. I'm not going to fall for that scam. And then I was kind of about to say, you guys, it's kind of like when someone sends me an email and says that I am the rightful heir of a <clears throat> like diamond mine in Nigeria. Like, oh my gosh, am I really? <gasps> Let me send you my account information so I can have all the diamonds that will suddenly be self-mined because diamonds just come out of the caves like that. That is like how I equate this, but it doesn't mean it was right. Okay. Just because someone got stalled from, just because someone got stalled from, <laughs> or because they got money talk. I love my grammar, guys. Just because someone got taken money from doesn't mean it's their fault and it doesn't mean that they deserve it. What it means is that someone's using the bait of cryptocurrency to steal. So this isn't necessarily a crypto scam. It's just, it is a, it's a, Social media scam with the bait of cryptocurrency. There's a difference. However, you know what I did for funsies on scams? Here's what I did. Oh my gosh, look what I did on this. Okay, let me pull it up. I looked up the Federal Trade Commission's advice. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, let's see what the Federal Trade Commission said. I just wanted to know. I wanted to know. Okay. So if you want to see my screen, go to Vim TV or you can go to wherever you want to go. Vim is where I'm at here. I'm also Facebook and YouTube, okay? You can go look on my screen. I'm going to make it a little bugger. A little bit bugger. Okay. <laughs> is it looking smooth? Ooh! <gasps> Pause the show for one second. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. DD er. First test of painting. I'm waiting for the paint to dry. Then I'll see how well it sticks around. That is so gorgeous. That is so pretty. Okay, tell me what paint you used and I'll paint mine like gold. I don't know if you saw mine, DR. I'm holding it up on the screen right now. I think you are there now. Okay. My voice is unusually deeper, deeper and raspier today. I'm like, hello, boys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so here's what the Federal Trade Commission says about cryptocurrency. Okay, I'm going to just read it verbatim. Verbatim. It says what to know about cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is digital money. This means there's no physical coin or bill. It is all online. You can transfer cryptocurrency to someone online without a go-between like a bank. Bitcoin and Ether are well-known cryptocurrencies, but new cryptocurrencies continue to be created. Actually, that was pretty well written for like the noob. <clears throat> People might use cryptocurrencies for quick payments and to avoid transaction fees. Some might get cryptocurrencies as an investment, hoping the value goes up. You can buy cryptocurrency with a credit card or in some cases get it through a process called mining. Cryptocurrency is stored in a digital wallet, either online or on your computer or on other hardware. Okay. So then what they do is they talk about all of the risks of the cryptocurrency. I'm actually surprised at how kind of legitimately unbiased it is. Like it's, it's kind of like not warning, don't buy crypto. It just says, you know, they're not backed by a government. And here's a funny little story. Okay. You guys, we have our cryptocurrency wallet and exchanges and Binance just got hacked. I'm sure y'all know, like 
here we are talking about Binance hanging on to like David's money. <laughs> We're talking about how Binance is like, um, I'm caught in the middle. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do right now with this money that doesn't belong to me. But it also doesn't belong to the person that put it in my wallet. Um, okay, we think that that's a pretty big deal. Well, guess what also just happened this week? Um, Binance got scammed, you guys. A uh, Binance did. Here's one. Here's one. Where is it? $40 million. $40 million. Hackers stole four. Okay. Hackers stole $40 million of Bitcoin from one of the world's largest crypto exchanges. And it says, the exchange said it was discover, discovered a large scale security breach on Tuesday. You guys, that is so sad and so scary. So you know what? The FTC is right because the government, the banks, they do have, they do have federal insurance. They do have federal insurance. So for stuff like that, the insurance will pay the difference. Well, Binance. Well, they probably have their own insurance, but I'll tell you what, they have their own coffers because here's what they said. Binance said, the company said it would cover all losses using its own reserve accounts. Customer holdings will not be affected. And uh, what else? The transaction is structured in a way that passed our existing. Oh my gosh, it's so sad. It is so sad and so scary. I am like... I'm kind of freaked out by that. So, so Binance is like, here's the thing, guys. <clears throat> Binance says, listen, we're going to pay you back. We going to pay back. We'll pay back every penny. Um, but it was a security breach. And so now I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Do I want to keep my cryptocurrency sitting in your bank account or sitting in your wallet? It's just so scary. The fact they paid it back is good, but they took a dip. People did pull money out because it freaked them out freaked them out. They're one of the largest exchanges in the world. Oh my gosh, Blue. I know. <clears throat> I, I had the same thought. Blue was like, I love that exchanges always have like tens of millions at the ready to cover stolen funds. Here's the funniest part. Is I was like, oh my gosh, $40 million. That is so much money. <gasps> poor Binance. No, no, not poor Binance. Binance probably got that covered insurance. It's like if you're going to go steal diamonds out of a diamond ball. Well, those diamonds have insurance. They're covered. In fact, how do we know Binance didn't steal it from themselves? Okay, probably not. But they kind of did because it was a security breach. So someone from inside. It was a security breach. To me, so says that's a, that is a, to me, that says it's an inside job. Because look, why would you ever insure a crypto exchange? I mean, I don't know. So that if that happens, you don't have to come it out of your pocket. They'll always get hacked. Oh, hmm. Hmm. Why are you so smart, Blue? So what they said was this. Um, it's They said something like about how it was someone from the inside, I feel. Please hold while your parties are reached. I'm going to try and find it. Hackers had the... Um, the hackers had the patience to wait and execute well-orchestrated actions through multiple seemingly independent accounts at the most opportune time. Uh, they, st uh, it was a stakeout. They knew the best time to do it, but <clears throat> the transaction is structured in a way that passed our existing security checks. I mean, that's scary because that means that they knew what the security checks were is what I feel. That's why I think it was an inside job. That's just me. I could be wrong. I don't know nothing about that kind of stuff. Um, they just sent a script to Binance and they just executed it. Okay. So that is not so much a scam as a sham. Um, and it's so great that our lovely exchanges are just like, okay, let me get that out. Let me pull that out for you here. Here's $40 million. You guys don't worry about it. If that happens again, oh, here, let me pull it out. Let me just get that in my back pocket. $40 million. Or did you see 40 million or 4 million? I I just like me hearing is going. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's the same way, Blue. Like whether they pull it out of their own accounts or whether it's insured, I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be covered. Maybe. I don't know.
Okay, let's see. DDR is writing me messages. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, DDR. Yeah, those are really cool. You guys, I just wanted to remind you what, what I got from DDR today. Look at this. He printed this box for me. And then he printed this ring for me. And we're going to shine it up with some pretty paint. But look how cute. I'm married to Hive. That's the Hive logo. And look on the sides, these little hexagons. I seriously love it. It is such a perfect fit. It is so smooth and soft. It's not like jagged and weird. Hey, Wolven, I don't know you. It is good to see you. I don't know if you can hear me or not. I don't see you in the Hive Live. Do you guys have to be in the Hive Live to hear me? I guess not. I guess I'm not. Okay, last up. Let's go over the last little thingy thing. What was it going to be? Okay, Scott. Common, hold on. I want to finish reading the, the FTC. So, you guys, I just want to give you a proper warning on scams. And this actually, this is good information, okay? Some of you know this, but some people are going to be new to this kind of world. And that's who this is for as well. So, as with any investment before this, I'm reading from the FTC warnings. It says, as with any investment before you invest in cryptocurrency, know the risks and how to spot a scam. Here are some things to watch out for as you consider your options on a scam. No one can guarantee you'll make money. So if they say, I guarantee you'll make 50% ROI in three months, that's likely a scammer. Anyone who promises you a guaranteed return profit is likely a scammer. Just because an investment's well-known or it has a celebrity endorsement, just like on Twitter, does not mean it's good or safe. That holds true for crypto. Just like any other, any other, just if, if it's a crazy promise, it's probably a crazy deal, okay? Um, not all cryptocurrencies or companies promoting cryptocurrency are the same. Obviously, that one, if you know of a company that you want to invest in or if like, or if it's like a, like, oh, I don't know, a coin or an altcoin, um, if you're going to invest in Hive, you're going to do it. The reason you're going to invest in Hive is because somebody you knew did it. That's why you're going to invest in Hive. You're like, oh, I had a friend who did that and he made a little money. I'm going to do it too. That's why you're going to invest in Hive. The ones who did it first were the bravest. Um, and the ones who did it last were just kind of following the ones who did it first. Oh, you're on BAM. Oh, I see you, Wolven. Hello. Hello. Okay, so if you guys want to invest in Hive, I can't recommend that or endorse it. I can't say not to. I personally plan to. I personally plan to. So, because I want to see my money grow and I think it will. I think it will. I think part of investing in a company or in a product of a company is knowing who you are investing in. So it's not just like, oh, that coin seems really cool on the market cap. Like, yeah, we're pretty well placed on the market cap. We've got a pretty robust community. We've got some pretty active exchanges that we're on. And who is it that's doing most of the activity with those coins and what are they doing? So, you know, that's kind of what I want to look onto. I want to look onto it. And you want to look at what that coin does. I hope everyone is well as well. Okay, so that was their recommendation. And then the other thing is when you pay, when you use cryptocurrency to make a payment, you need to know the important differences between paying with crypto and paying with like fiat is you don't have the same legal protections. Hey, we just found out that that's true-ish, um, but money's money, you guys. And on this show, we have actually, oh, hey, Ashby, aww. That is so good to see you. Was that like just a second ago that you did that? That's really sweet. I love it. Um, we just, on our show last week, the week before, we talked about the legalities of the big eight hard fork 23 heist where, you know, five to $7 million worth of hot up steam was stolen. Is that protected asset in the courts? Okay, well, FTC says not so sure it is. But by now, I think maybe that's a little outdated. It just says, guys, it says credit cards and debit cards have legal protections if something goes wrong. But cryptocurrency payments are typically not reversible. So once you pay with cryptocurrency, you can only get your money back if the seller sends it back. That is actually true. The only difference is that if you did a cryptocurrency payment with a bank, 
Sometimes um, the seller can like tell the bank that it was fraud, even though it wasn't. If you legit bought like something with cryptocurrency and were given something in return like money, or if you legit bought cryptocurrency with money and then the bank saw that and the recipient said that it was a fraudulent transaction, those banks will shut that down and they will freeze your assets and nobody's gonna do nothing about it these days. Like, so this is why I think it is so exciting, you guys, that we have so many new revolutionary and precedent setting laws and exceptions to those rules. I definitely will then. Definitely don't make any decisions without doing research. The HF23 scam was, it, that was not the fault of the people who own that money. That was seriously actual criminal behavior that we've determined that was criminal behavior. It was theft. So we, I mean, you can't fault someone for theft, but scams are a little different. That was not a scam. That was an actual act of theft. A scam is going to be something where you didn't really like know what you were getting into or whatever. And then someone kind of heisted from you on the back end because you just maybe didn't see it coming or whatever. Okay. Hive needs to buy an island. <laughs> 549000 for US islands for servers. I mean, look at Chaz. $549,000. Okay. Let me know where the island is, you guys, and let's get started. We'll have a big Hive meetup. It'll be so great. All right. What was the last? Yeah. So on the refunds, like, not only are you not going to get your money back, but um, you can also be, and I know this from experience because when I was working for the, when I was working for the contracts law firm that I worked for, we actually had a couple of cases where people called in literally on my telephone and said, I, cause they're like a hedge fund manager and they're saying, oh, I just, I just bought or no, I just sold $2 million worth of Bitcoin. So they sent the Bitcoin and then they got that money sent to them. They got the $2 million sent to them in cash in like fiat through a U.S. bank. And then guess what happened is the person who received the Bitcoin called the bank and said, I just sent $2 million to Jonathan Smith, but he never sent me a product. He never sent me a product. I never got it. And then they're like, well, what, what do you mean? And they're saying, well, he just sent me Bitcoin. I never got it. I never got the Bitcoin. And the bank's freezing my client's account. And then guess what else the bank did? The bank sent the $2 million back to the supposed victim. So now I just gave someone $2 million. That was a scam. That is a scam. Somebody just got scammed. That is happening. And the bank actually should be held liable for that because you cannot, you can like, you can do things like you can freeze accounts. You can return money after you do investigations. You can. Banks can do that. They have the right to do that. But they have to actually have a reason to consider it a fraudulent transaction. And if they have able to, if the person like me, if I'm able to prove that I did deliver on my promise and that it did go to the person that was intended, and he did, he did prove it. It showed the address and it like everything he proved everything. So the bank in this situation actually committed the not fraud, but crime. The bank committed the front for the crime and they are backed by the government and they're not allowed to make those decisions. It is not their choice to make. And the bank was not PayPal. There were several different banks in the same, like they're big banks, you guys different banks throughout the US. That's why I'm like, dude, why the heck are you banking through the US? Like there's only, there's like three banks in New York that I would say bank through them or do not bank through normal US banks because that is a scam that's pulled and the banks back it because they hate Bitcoin. They're like, oh, well it's Bitcoin. Okay, well we're gonna honor your claim even though they know that it was fraud. They know that it was fraud. So that is one thing where I think the FTC kind of forgot to mention that uh, sometimes the reason it's not backed is because the bank itself is playing the police and that's not lawful. But anyway, all right. So that was basically it. Some information. Okay. Lastly, we just want to read a couple little crypto scams to avoid. We know these are so, so basic. Imposter websites. Double check those URLs, you guys fake mobile apps and or 
actually no fake mobile apps through download through Google Pay in the App Store. Those ones are tricky. It says stakeholders can often quickly find these fake apps and get them removed. That doesn't mean the apps aren't impacting many bottom lines. I I feel really bad about this because it's a it's a huge it's a bigger risk for the Android users. And um this one says if there's like you want to look for like misspellings or a misplaced dot. Just double check, double check your URLs and double check your apps and then bad tweets and other social media updates like the one we just talked about. Scamming emails, you guys, you know this. You know this, just like don't fall for stuff, okay? If it sounds too good to be true, it is. You know how it goes. Okay, so I think we are, that is the show, yeah, guys. Like that's basically what I had for you today. So lastly, uh, here's my thing is... Remember, I'm going to try and promote this just because I think it's really important is if you guys remember, if you remember last week's show, I had Daniel Goldman, who is the CEO and founder of Turnio Blockchain, and they have a product called Block Card, which um, let me see if I can pull up that picture. I'm going to pull up that picture. I know I have a Hold on a second. Um, where is it? Where is it? Okay, I'll just say, I'll just make a new image. I'm just gonna pull it up. I love it. It looks like this on my screen. Okay. This one, um, as far as I know, is not a scam. <laughs> Block card, you guys, if you were here last week, make sure you go either listen to my show or go check out the blog where I talk about block card. I, I do have that linked up on today's post. So if you want to know which one it is, just go to today's post and click on that link for the block card. The block card is essentially a product. It's a, it's a cryptocurrency credit card and you just transfer your cryptocurrency to it and you instantly can use it any place that accepts Visa. So if you want something that's really spendable, buy a cup of coffee with your crypto, that is totally amazing. We're trying to get as many people as we can from Hive to register for that account. It's just $10. And once you register, you guys, if we get a thousand people from the Hive blockchain to register for that product, they will include us on their exchange. And then we can convert Hive into crypto or we can convert Hive into cash, like a Visa credit card. So make sure and go do that if you can. Um, you guys, I asked a quiz question early and nobody answered it. And I don't know if it's cause you don't want, I don't know what the, maybe you don't know the answer, but I'm going to give the answer. So the quiz question was, where does the dread pirate Roberts Roberts actually come from? Um, Ashby, how we track the progress is I actually have a, let me hunt it down. I actually have a link. Let me see if I can find it. Hang on. Um, page. Give me a second. On my main page. Here it is. Okay, let me get that link going. Okay, how we are tracking, how we are tracking the progress is I actually have a little, it's a promo code. So that's the homepage that they gave me. You need to register from that homepage. If you don't, you will not be included in that tracking. So they are going to track our progress. I'm just going to check up with check in with them every like couple of weeks and see how many we have. And once they've got a thousand users from our uh, platform, they will list us on their exchange. And then we can convert Hive into actual cash like in three seconds left. Not even joking, not even making it up. So listen to last week's show, a um, hundred funded accounts. Wow. Is that, wait, what are you talking about? How do you know this? Where did you find that information? Because it's a thousand that we're looking for. So tell me where you found that. Did you just say that? Or is that a question? Yeah. Um, it is $10 a person. So it is, yeah, $10,000, which I think is a really good deal because most exchanges cost like $150,000 to list. So yeah, it's a $10,000 listing fee basically. Yes, that is correct. 
only we're divvying it up between a thousand people. Okay. So, I mean, you can look at it that way. That's one way of looking at it. Um, so if you guys want to be a part of that, that is a really, 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 really good deal. $10,000 is like really, really cheap. And it's really, really, you're, when you're using the account is a feeling like you're benefiting from the account. You're actually getting benefit from the account. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So dread pirate Roberts to answer your questions. Brett dread pirate Roberts is from the movie princess bride. Princess bride. Dread the Dread Pirate Roberts was that enigmatic character who always wore a mask and nobody knew who he was. And halfway through the movie, we find out that he dies. He had been Dread Pirate Robert for like seven years and then he dies. And then all of a sudden, Princess Buttercup gets rescued by some guy in a black mask and like cape and boots and sword. And he like, he get he grabs her. And then, oh, no, 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 we don't know that Brad Dread Pirate Roberts dies. I can't even remember. Yeah, Dread Pirate Roberts dies. Then he rescues her and she's like, Dread Pirate Roberts, I thought you were dead. I hate you. I spit on your face. My Wesley will come for me. And then he takes his mask off and he's like, I am your sweet Wesley. <laughs> she's like, oh, my sweet Wesley, I thought you were dead too. And he's like, no, Dread Pirate Roberts gave me his name. And every morning he woke up and he told me, this day I should like to kill you. And then one day he gave me the, the, uh, the sword, the mask, and the name. And so I guess the Dread Pirate Roberts is enigmatic because you never know who it is because it changes hands. Anyway, he took the name, the Dread Pirate Roberts. It's from The Princess Bride. Amazing book, amazing film, super, super fun. Uh, just like Bitcoin keys. The Schwartz is with you. The Schwartz is with you. <laughs> Isn't that from Spaceballs, Ashby? You win. Okay, Ashby. Um, I was going to do a giveaway today. So whoever you guys, whoever wants my shirt, you let me know and I'll send it to you. Just send me your address. And I have one or two of them available. They are, they are vintage steam monsters. It's now, it is now the splinter lands, but I have the vintage steam monsters t-shirts and I'm keeping like two for me. And then I have a couple left over from when I was doing publicity. So Alrighty, you guys, let me turn on some music for the end of the show because I actually like purchased music for things and I forgot that I had registered for this account. So I'm like, dude, I'm using this. Can you have an autographed photo of me just in the shirt? Um, sure. <laughs> sure, I can do that. We'll come, we'll, we'll do that. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. All right, let's find a good song to play to wrap up the show. Here we go. No, that's too boring and slow. This sounds like a pirate. I like it. We're going to do that one. <laughs> 